0: As easy as the touch of a button. The message of life on 657 AM. In the background, uh, on AM 657 Kilohertz, bring us to 12 minutes after 7. And we have Sizagale uh, on the line as promised. Uh, remember, she was with us last week. We talked everything, uh, tax, uh, SARS. That all kinds of uh, yeah yeah yes anything it's a missionary text. So she's with us on the line. Um, good evening and welcome back.
1: Good evening, Godfrey, and thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure, madam. It's always a pleasure to host you, and knowing for sure that you're going to equip and empower and enlighten uh, the listeners of Radio Puppet. So we are continuing with uh, uh, this whole thing of SARS and tax And of course, uh, if you can please take us back to some of the things um, that we discussed last week. I know that we are not able to uh, like go into the details and exhaust the whole topic. That's why we're having a part two of it. So if you can please uh, take us back to a few things that we, we highlighted, um, the highlights of last week, and then go straight to what you have in store for us this evening. All
1: right, thank you, Godfrey. I'll start by introducing myself for the listeners that weren't listening last week. Um, By way of introduction, I'm Tizaga Linguenia. I'm a qualified tax advisor, and I specialize in indirect um tax. I'm an indirect tax specialist at the bank by profession. I have eight years' worth of experience, and I am a registered member of the South African Institute of Taxation. So I studied tax, and I studied become Accounting, with an um, honours degree in tax, I specialise in tax. So tonight I'll be taking you through one of the taxes which I believe has the potential to grow the economy of this country, which is value-added taxes. Last week we touched on a few principles um, of the VAT Act and how it affects businesses and which businesses should register for for VAT. So I just want to start off by saying in South Africa we have different types of taxes, And these taxes are levied based on your income, wealth, and consumption. So the tax base would either be your income, your wealth, or your consumption. So it is imperative that one understands that various taxes exist to tax various tax bases. So the tax that I will be talking um, to this evening is value-added taxes, which is a tax on the consumption of goods and services, not your income tax, which is a tax on your income. So, for instance, employees are taxed on their remuneration by way of um, pay as you earn, um, and that is a tax that is collected by the employers. Um, When you donate goods, you pay a donation tax on the value of the uh, goods that you've donated, So there are various taxes that exist in our South African legislation, and tonight I will be dealing with one of those taxes, which is um, that
0: Value-added tax.
1: Yes, value-added tax.
0: Okay, if you can maybe please uh, elaborate with regard to what is it all about and how important is it um, to us and uh, to the country in general or to people in general?
1: Thanks, Godfrey. So it's important to understand that value-added tax is an, an indirect transactional consumption tax, which means that it's a tax on the consumption of goods and services that are provided. So businesses that are required to register for VAT will collect these taxes by adding it on to the price of the goods and services that they provide to customers. So the purpose of this tax is mainly not to tax businesses per se, but to tax End users, meaning your customers. So that's why it's important for businesses to understand whether they are required to register for VAT or not. Because if they are required to register for VAT, they shouldn't actually be paying um, VAT. So the VAT that they pay to that, that they pay when purchasing goods and services, they can claim back from scars. So um, just to um, put it out there. That is mainly um, a tax on individuals and not um, businesses per se.
0: Which businesses so, can and can, you know, like, tax people, and which businesses are not supposed to uh, pay? I mean, demand people to pay, or can, people cannot pay tax when they buy from them or when they do business uh, with them.
1: That's a very good question, um, Godfrey and I'll. Touch, um, I'll just um, touch on what we spoke about last week. So as a business, it's important to identify which services you supply because there are certain services that are exempt in the VAT Act. So it's important to note whether the goods and services that you provide are either exempt from VAT or are taxable under the um, VAT legislation. An example of exempt goods would be providing residential accommodation So residential accommodation in terms of flats, um, if you uh, have properties where you're providing um, to individuals to rent, that does not fall part of the VAT ambit and you're not required to register for VAT if that's the kind of service that you provide. If you provide educational services, educational services are exempt, so you do not need to register for VAT if you provide those services. So the only services where one would need to consider whether they need to register or not is an individual that provides taxable supplies, which is any supply that is not exempt. So the two that I've mentioned, there are a number of exempt supplies, but I won't go into the detail of every exempt supply. Um, so if you provide taxable supplies, for instance, you in the business of um, selling vehicles, any supply that you provide to consumers, you need to um, evaluate in a 12-month period, the value of the supplies that you have supplied to consumers. So if you have, in a 12-month period, provided goods or services to the value of a million rand, you are required, according to the VAT legislation, to register for VAT. However, there are also instances where... Um, companies would like to voluntarily register for that even though they are not required to register for that. SARS um, allows new consumers to register these businesses rather to register for that and these would be businesses that in a 12-month period have provided goods or services to the value of 50,000 rand or more. Um, now you would ask why you would want to voluntarily register for that and one of the main reasons why any company would want to register for VAT is to make use of the input tax deductions. So at any point where a company purchases goods and services and pays um, VAT on those goods and services, if they are a registered VAT vendor, they are allowed to claim the VAT that they've paid as a deduction and SARS will pay that out as a VAT refund.
0: We are with uh, Zizagelie. I'm going to put it to your daily companion. You know, We're talking about VAT, VAT. And of course, if you'd like to talk to her, ask her a question, uh, feel free to give us a call on 012 334 1322. Thank you very much for clarifying that one. Let's go to the next one, please.
1: All right. Thanks, Godfrey. So another thing that I'd just like to highlight this evening that we couldn't get into last week is that once you are a registered vet vendor, it is important to understand the correlation between output tax and input taxes. So your output tax would be the VAT that a vendor charges on the goods and services that they provide. That is the amount of VAT that they need to pay to SARs. And input taxes would be the VAT that they can claim from SARs from the goods and services that they have purchased, um, which will be exclusively or wholly for the purposes of making taxable supplies. So the um, goods and services that they'll be using in their business. So with input taxes, it's important to understand that before you make an input tax claim to SARS, I know a number of companies are quite wary of making input tax deductions because they believe that SARS will come back and ask to verify um, that refund, which does happen. So there's, it's an automated um, verification process, but when you submit a return to SARS um, and you are in a refund position, SARS will ask you to verify the information. So what happens with input tax deductions, the only time that you may claim an input tax deduction is if you are in position of a valid tax invoice. So when you purchase any goods and services for your business, you need to ensure that you are in position of a valid tax invoice, and that invoice has the name of your company, has the VAT registration of your company, your um, address, your details, and the Details of the company that you purchased the goods and services from. And that is the only, that's the, basically the only information that you need to provide to SARS should they um, come back and want to verify the um, refund that you have been claiming from SARS. So, what we do in practice, because um, if in a two-month period um, you have claimed, um, let's say a refund of five hundred thousand, it isn't practical to provide us all those invoices. So what we usually advise clients to do is that just provide us your five highest input tax um, tax invoices to substantiate your input tax deduction. So that's one of the advice that we give clients, especially in um, a space where clients are wary of. You know, having that back and forth with SARS and communicating with SARS on verifications and audits and so forth. As long as you have made sure that you ha- can substantiate your input tax deductions, you are in a position to claim input tax deductions.
0: Sure. But, but uh, Sergei, it sounds like uh, it's not an easy thing to do. It it sounds like you really need a professional or tax practitioner or somebody, an advisor, to make sure that you, you do the right thing with regard to that. Like right now, you are talking about um, some companies that are exempted from registering uh, for, for tax. Like right now, when you go to... TIPC um, uh, website, um, there is a, 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 a provision for, for, for tax registering there. So in a way, you are saying that not everybody, uh, let's say for instance, you are starting a business from scratch. So you are not obligated to uh, register for tax, right?
1: So there's a distinction between taxes and your income tax and value added taxes. Oh, okay. So in terms of income tax, Right. Um, if you are a company and it is not a dormant company, so you are trading, you are making income, mm. when you do register that company and it isn't a dormant company, you are required to register for income tax. Okay, So that is a separate that. tax from yeah. value-added tax.
0: Okay. All right. So now it's clear now. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Go back to this one.
1: All right. So just to go back on um, into the subject of input tax deductions, as mentioned, when you can make input tax deductions, the documentary requirements that are required. It is important to understand, with many other taxes, um, that is documentation driven. So you need to ensure that you have the right documents. You know which documents you need, um, or you require to obtain, rather before making input tax deductions, and that would be your tax invoice. If, for instance, you're importing goods into the country, um, in most cases, most companies would use customs um, agents. They are also aware of the documentary requirements that you would need Uh. to provide to SARS. So, it's also important in that instance, with importation of goods, you understand which documents are required um, to provide to SARS in a case where you're making input tax deductions and SARS asks you to substantiate the input tax deductions or the refunds that you have claimed.
0: All right. I know this might not be part of uh, you know tonight's discussion, but uh, I've got concern more especially about uh, some of the foreign nationals that own businesses here. Do you think mm-hmm. most of them are paying that, or they are paying tax, or what is happening? Because it's like they are operating differently from the the other businesses. Are the authorities aware of what is happening there? Because I believe every business, uh, like the the ones that you mentioned, I think they fall under that category that they should be registered for that, and uh, they should also be paying taxes. Uh, is is there something um, sinister happening, or is just my own? Um, you know, suspicions, they're not really uh, true.
1: So that is a quite um, a good observation. There are a number of businesses that are not registered for VAT, which is not something I do not advise. Um, I, I believe that if you are if you are required to be registered for VAT, you should register for VAT. There are, however, a number of companies that do not register for VAT, that do not register for income tax, and SARS is constantly beefing up their system to track these companies. And what does happen, and it is quite detrimental, is that, um, as soon as FAS is aware that you should be registered, for instance, for VAT, they look at the date that you should have been registered. So if, for instance, they, um, they, it comes to their attention that in 2022, you should, Um, there is a company that isn't registered for VAT, they go as far back to check when exactly you should have been registered for VAT. So if, for instance, you should have been registered for VAT from 2015, all the goods and services that you provided from 2015 till 2022 will be deemed to have been um, a VATable supply. So even though you didn't charge VAT because you weren't registered for VAT, SARS will want the VAT for um, the goods and services that you supplied from that date to the date that they actually um, sub, um, issued you with the, uh, a letter to say that you should be registered for that. So it is quite detrimental because there are interest and penalties that are levied where um, companies and individuals are non-compliant. So it is important if you do have a business to make sure that you are compliant because SARS is actually is, – um, the systems are quite beefed up at the moment to actually track companies and track individuals that are not disclosing their income to SARS, that are not registered when they should actually be registered
0: to oh. SARS. Yeah. Okay. We're listening, ma'am. Uh, if you can please continue because we are left with uh, um, uh, three minutes. And uh, tonight I made sure, I at least tried to, uh, you know, Make sure, Hori, I give you more time to share with as much information with us as possible. The things that you are not able to ask to share with us last week, so that you can be able to by tonight, Hori, you've shared all of it, all of them uh, to with us.
1: Thank you, Godfrey. I think what I will um, conclude on, um, as I was talking about the input taxes that companies may claim from bars. It is important to note that there are three events where you may not make an input tax deduction as in there are three goods or services that if you acquire, even if it's related to your business, you may not claim an input tax for. It is completely prohibited and that is an instance where you are not a um, dealership, a motor car dealership and you purchase a motor vehicle. So if you purchase a motor vehicle, you may not claim the input tax of that motor vehicle, even though that motor vehicle will be used um, in your business. Another example is entertainment. So any foods, um, beverages, any accommodation, any entertainment or amusement or hospitality of any kind that is being purchased by a uh, company and is being used um, in a company, you may not claim input taxes for its exempt. Um, according to that legislation. And also sports and leisure clubs. So if you're part of a golf club and it gets paid from um, your company, you may not claim input tax deduction from um, from spas relating to those expenses. So it's important to note that um, with, your, with in, in any company, those three um, goods and services, you may not claim input taxes for. However, any other goods and services that you um, purchase or obtain, for the um, for the consumption of your business, you may claim in protectors from SARS.
0: Ma'am, thank you once again for your time. And for those who'd like to talk to you or ask you questions about this interesting and important topic on taxes, how can they get hold of you?
1: So they can get hold of me on my contact number. My contact number is zero eight two six nine eight two six eight five.
0: Okay, 082-698-2685. Correct. And you're also on Facebook, right?
1: Um, yes, I am on Facebook. And your name there? It's Sigele Samogusengwe.
0: Sigele Samogusengwe. Yes, Sigele
1: Samogusengwe.
0: All right, because I tried looking for that uh, account and there was a lot of... Uh, uh she I'm going a lot of them, I think thousands of them, so <laughs> I <laughs> think I even that one you say... must be able to tell us, what well, what are you wearing there because you'll be surprised when out there. there is another copy of you somewhere there.
1: <laughs> I think that my primary um contact uh, would be my cell phone number. Right. I'm not too active on social media,
0: oh, okay, you're not that active. No. Okay, zero eight two six nine eight two six eight five, and you can they can also send you WhatsApp messages, right?
1: Yes.
0: Okay, way. man, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you so much, God, for having me.
0: That's Cezage uh, Lenguena on Radio Pulpits, your daily companion 2685 That's uh, contact details there. Radio Pulpits' Facebook page makes you more a part of the station than ever before. Now you can give your opinion regarding our programs or even contact your favorite presenter. You can get the latest news and existing programs and communicate with other listeners. Come on, let your fingers do the talking on Radio Pulpits' Facebook page. It's interactive and dynamic. Just visit facebook.com forward slash radio pulpit.